You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are getting to sit down with one of our Academy members. I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit more, but uh, one of the reasons we've invited Devin onto the podcast is we have our highest tier group of gym owners. And every month, because we're all in a competitive atmosphere, we compare numbers. And one of those numbers we look at is average revenue per member per month, or what we'll refer to throughout most of this call as your arm. And Devin is kind of at the top of that list of all of our owners. And so she's really crushing it in that zone and a couple others. She's not doing badly in others, but on that one, she's getting the first place finish. She's got the five out of five execution. So we wanted to bring her on, pick her brain and help you figure out how you can also implement some of the things that she's doing in her gym. So I'm going to let Devin introduce herself, her gym, and just why don't you tell our listeners who you are and and what you're up to, how you got started in this crazy world of cheerleading. Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Devin Bobie. I am the owner of Cheerforce Elite in South Jersey. We've been in business for, this is our 11th season, we started with just 23 athletes working out of someone else's gym, actually. And now we're up to about 150 team athletes and 300 total with all of our tumbling programs and such. I got started, actually, I cheered up a little bit when I was younger. Uh, my sister was cheering for a local rec team. And so I just, they needed coaches. So I volunteered um, and I was there probably about 15 years. And then I really just fell in love with the sport, fell in love with working with the athletes, coaching, and just kind of helping them become better humans. And I decided to kind of try and make this my full-time gig because I worked in the corporate world for 15 years and it just was not for me. I had to travel a lot and be away from my family, which was kind of difficult. So yeah, so here we are. Awesome. Wow. So you went from fairly small gym to now what some people might consider is like a large gym. Like imagine you, when you had 23 athletes, you were like, holy, you would have looked at your numbers and been like, that's huge, but you're not in that mega gym realm. You're not, you don't have 700 all-stars under one roof. So how did you get started? Because you, you hear it all the time from really small gyms, right? I only have 23 kids. There's no way I can ever have that many. What was the first shift in realizing that you were capable of bringing in that many kids? So it definitely was not an easy process, right? I mean, starting from the beginning, you're always like, oh, I want more, I want more. It was just baby steps, to be honest. Um, we started, like I said, in somebody else's gym. And then when we felt we were ready to obtain our own facility, we started in a warehouse, but we split the warehouse with masses amounts of storage. Like at one point we had race cars on the other side of our warehouse. Yes. So then we took over the other side um, and kind of, you know, just took baby steps. So we took over the whole warehouse, then the front part of our building. And then now we actually have the whole entire facility. But we, you know, we became a next gen member um, probably about, I think it's been two years. And that has been probably the 
biggest help um, with getting our business kind of situated and moving in the right direction, you know, anywhere from marketing to just processes and working, you know, to train our, our coaches, et cetera. So it's been a great um, ride for sure. So how big is your space? So right now we have about 10,000 square feet, roughly oh, total. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's not too big. Yeah. Even though you've grown in footprint, I mean, 10,000 square feet is not, it's not massive. No. How much equipment do you have? Like, what does your layout look like? Yep. So we have um, a full nine panel spring floor and then we have a seven panel spring floor and then we have a 30 foot tumble track. Um, And then the front of our building. So it's like a warehouse flex space. We have an upstairs and a downstairs. So originally we didn't have that front part because we just couldn't afford it at that point. But at this point, our downstairs, it's like it used to be our parent waiting room. Um, it is now turned into like the tumble gym or where we um, warm up teams when they first come in. So we have like our floor plan that we put together. That's like organized chaos is what I like to call it. But we have, you know, a time for every single team that comes in or classes and so forth. So we really like utilize our space well. We definitely have outgrown our space. So we're in the process of hopefully finding new space, but that's been difficult. But, you know, we definitely work well with our smaller facility. So with that kind of a space and having 150 all-stars and 300 rec kids, what are you doing to make that all work? Like how, how are you cramming all of those people into the gym? Yep. So we have, um, so we run about three tumble classes on our nine panel spring floor. We, you know, we separate it out. We have cones that we use um, to separate the tumble classes. Um, and then we usually, we separate our seven panel into two. So we'll do a lot of that. Any tiny tumble classes or even like our fundamentals ones are very beginner. We can sometimes run those classes in our front gym, but our coaches are very, very good at getting through the organized chaos and working together. We have laundry bins that we use for like our water bottles and and things like that, that we have for each team. So we don't have the kids running back and forth because in the front gym, it's also where our parent traffic goes into our parent room upstairs. So it can be a little bit crazy in there, but I try my best to when I'm there just to make sure everybody's kind of following the floor schedules that we put um, out in advance to our coaches. Okay. So, Yeah. Tell me, the the main reason we scheduled this call is to talk about average revenue per member per month. And so that means that you make a, a high mark of how much money comes in per person that's coming into your gym. Uh, and I believe yours is like well over 225. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. Yes. And you have a high number of rec. You have double the rec kids than you do in All-Star, which for those who aren't doing the math of mathing, the more you have of rec kids who generally pay less than All-Stars because they don't have all the assessments and everything attached, the more it's going to drop your arm because you're averaging it amongst everyone. So how are you accomplishing that? How are you keeping that high arm with such a high rec presence? Yes. So... For 2023, the biggest things that we've done is one, this was probably the biggest thing for this season, is um, I stepped into more of an owner role. Before I would coach 
two or three teams a year. I don't coach a team for the first time in 23 years. So that has been a huge change for me to allow to put things in place, processes and so forth. So that was our biggest thing. Um, We increased our class prices at the beginning of 2023, which can be a little nerve wracking, right? When you're doing that in general. Um, But Shelly through NextGen really helped me to get through that and kind of implement the process for it. So anybody that was registered with us prior, we kept them at the same low rate that they, you know, were used to. Anyone that came in new in 2023 paid the higher rate. You know, we did an evaluation of all of the gyms locally, including gymnastics and other youth recreational programs. So like even soccer and, you know, all of the things in our area, dance, all that. We definitely were way underpriced. So that was probably the biggest um, change for 2023. And then also to our pro shop, um, I used to do all of that myself. And as you know, as a gym owner, you can kind of wear yourself a little thin. So um, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she took on the pro shop um, coordination. So that process has been amazing. We did quite a bit in our Christmas sale um, in November that we've ever done. We've done about 11,000 in, in sales. So that was fantastic. Um, so that has been a lot of it. We've implemented the items of the month, you know, and just kind of streamlining that process where that's one of her main focuses. So that was like the the second or third thing that we did. Um, and then we also took our private lessons um, through the gym. So we, our private lessons kind of the, the process per se that the customers would come in and use at the beginning of the year was um, seemed to be a little difficult. It just wasn't very organized. You know, someone would call the front desk and and we would say, okay, let me reach out to the coach. And it was just a lot of back and forth. So we really streamlined that process and the coaches are really happy with that too. So the coaches actually were receptive to you changing the private lesson structure? So to be honest, at first, there was a little bit of pushback for sure because, um, you know, it was cash only and so forth. But after, I, you know, I, I went through the whole process with them and it allowed us to do it through our iClass system. And I just felt like we were missing opportunities and I felt like they were missing opportunities. So I even said to them, I said, you know, I, I know it kind of doesn't seem, you know, like a good thing. I said, but I feel like you will then make out better. And to be honest, every single one of them has said that they have, you know, they're booking privates constantly every week consistently. And it's been a lot better, you know, to offer our customers um, because now they can do it right online. They can do it online. Your instructors don't have to carry their own independent insurance. Like there's a lot of positives. Have you seen private lesson sales increase then? Yes. So to be honest, we really didn't track that before and uh, before 2023. Um, and so we changed that probably at the beginning. And yes, we have seen a, a huge increase in that, you know, because people will call before and we would say, okay, let's talk to the coach. You know, I'll, I'll put you with the right coach. Sometimes people get missed or, um, you know, they just wouldn't contact back or there would be miscommunication between the coaches and, and the customer. So it really allowed a great opportunity and more, um, you know, just to make the process a lot easier for the customer. Did you ever have those kind of situations where a coach would be schedule their own private lessons and then they didn't show up or there was like some sort of an issue and then the parent was mad at you and you were like, 
Well, not usually. Our coaches are, we're usually pretty good with that. I mean, we maybe had like one or two instances where that has happened, but a lot of times what we were finding is, you know, they would book that and then the customer wouldn't show up or things like that. And then the coach would be there, lose out of some money and so forth. So we, you know, with our iClass system, it's requires them to pay for it up front. And then we do charge like a cancellation fee if it's done within like 24 hours and so forth. But yeah, so we, you know, it definitely has helped streamline. Awesome. And then you mentioned raising prices. And I know sometimes people are like, there's either two responses in my experience when you tell people like, hey, if you want to increase your revenue, like raise your prices. It, one is like, well, yeah, I know. Uh, or number two is I know, but I'm really not comfortable with that. And I'm really scared. And that freaks me out. Where, which camp were you in? Or maybe both. Maybe. I mean, I think you can. Yeah, I was kind of both. I, it was something that I knew that I had to do, but I didn't really look at it. And I got a little nervous because we do run a very large recreational you know, program for tumbling. And so I was nervous to, to do it. But Shelly was like, no, here's what I want you to do. And, you know, we put a whole process together. She said, contact 10 local and see where you fit in. Right. And so when I did that, I was like, oh man, I am like super low. So I realized that that definitely was something that we needed to do, you know. And you went outside of cheer, right? You didn't just contact Correct. and look at local cheer gyms. Correct. Looked at other sports. Yes. Yes. So I looked at dance, soccer, even baseball, like, um, you know, baseball privates, like, and, and things like that, and classes, like uh, pitching classes and so forth. Did you find anything interesting as you went through that in terms of which sports charge like way more versus a lot less? So dance actually charges a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. actually kind of shocked. Baseball as well. A lot of those um, baseball can be pretty pricey. And even gymnastics, like our, our program versus like an actual gymnastics program with bars and beams and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. I was, I was like sticker shocked a little bit. Yeah. And so how did you go about determining your pricing? So we used a formula and kind of based off. So we, we would charge $62 a month. That's kind of what we did from, you know, when the beginning. And what would that get them? So that would get them one, one tumble class a week for an hour. And then, so we, we increased our price to 79. We didn't want to get too crazy, you know, and, and go too much um, because we still wanted to remain competitive, but we really just assessed, you know, the whole process. Mm -hmm. When are you going to raise prices again? So probably maybe a little bit more mid, mid year this year, or maybe the end of the year, you know, we're working on some things behind the scenes. Okay. I like that. But you do have that in your head space of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this again. Maybe 79 isn't where we're going to be for the next decade. Yes, correct. Yeah, we definitely won't be there for the next decade. So it's something that I am thinking about for the ends of 2024, maybe mid 2024. It really just depends on how things go over the next couple months. Okay. Have you noticed a change in the business just in general as you've gone through these shifts in making sure your arm is actually where it's at, like how, what kind of impact is that having on, <clears throat> on you as an owner or you as a business? So it has helped to um, offer more things to our customers. 
you know, when we were looking at everything overall, like what can we do to provide more value, right? And that also helps with parents or our customers wanting to, I guess, spend more money with the company because they see the, the more value in it. You know, a lot of our pro shop stuff, like parents would ask for certain things. And me, I'm like, well, I just don't have time to put that all together. But now that we have a designated person, it makes it a lot easier. So it's just amazing. Like I love watching the videos of our kids open up the pro shop stuff. Like it's, it just makes my heart warm, you know, like they get so excited. We did these really cute bomber jackets that everybody just loved. Oh yeah. I imagine. Yeah. They just love them. So, I mean, it's helped to move everything in the right direction financially, to be honest. How are you sourcing all? I know you're not in the, in the process now you've, you've assigned that out. You've delegated it to someone, but how does your pro shop work? How does your sourcing work? Because I know we missed you at conference this last weekend, but that was one of the conversations that came up during kind of an open question and answer period was was pro shop. And a lot of like, I've got all this old stock. What do I do with it? And then some questions of like, well, how do you make it happen? Where do you get stuff? How do you do these subscription boxes? And And I don't need you to do a tutorial of how to set it all up, but what is it that you guys are doing that prevents you from carrying a whole bunch of stock and losing money uh, while also providing really great pro shop things? Yep. So the biggest thing that we've done is have an item of the month. So it's like two or three items that, you know, maybe the parents have wanted to see. So we did like right now, we just put out, I'm in my cheer mom era, right? And then we also put out like, I'm in my cheer era for like the the um, athlete, excuse me. So, you know, that's that. And then we also put team name shirt, like the team specific designs for um, the teams for each individual team with little sayings on the back and so forth. These are things that parents have been asking for. So we made them an item of the month. And then a lot of the stuff that we do, we do ourselves, to be honest. A lot of the Christmas stuff we have outsourced, you know, we did a lot through um, Facebook where we found a lot of the bling items, like kind of what I'm wearing right now. And we... We put that out. We give it about two weeks and we do a lot of pre-sales so that we don't get stuck with a lot of leftover inventory because that's kind of where you can get stuck a little bit sometimes. And then we do a lot of stuff for our showcases. So, you know, we do a huge inventory for that. We don't do a lot. We maybe do like 10 per size or things like that. We do smaller, but that's, that's when we do like the bigger inventory, but we do all of that ourselves. And when you say do it yourselves, what do you mean? So we order, we design the shirts. So my, my daughter designs a lot of the shirts and then we have like an online place that does the, the transfers. Um, we have a couple heat presses at the gym, Okay. all that stuff. And we even like order bling, you know, bling decals and so forth. So you will order those transfers. You'll order those, those bling transfers and you'll order the blanks and all that stuff. And then you bring it together and press. Do you press? Yes, I do. Actually, I did all of our Black Friday stuff. <laughs> yep. But before I would do it all myself. But now that she kind of does that, she's really good at it. She loves that stuff. I ask because I hate pressing. Yeah, it's not. It's not fun. I, I despise it. <laughs> I know fun. there's some people that find it really exciting. I. Mm. Yeah. I usually put on a good podcast, actually, sure. and just get it done. Yeah. Sure. And and I can see how you can make it not miserable. Yes. I just, yeah, I get stressed out about like, 
the organization and is it centered right? And yes, then you make that error where you put the wrong logo on the wrong garment because you were moving too fast or it just it stresses me out. I just, it's not, it's not my jam. No, I know. It can be a little stressful, especially, <laughs> especially when you're doing like the bling stuff and like a couple of the bling items, like piece, the, the rhinestones don't glue. Then you have to like go back and that, that stresses me out that part. Yeah. How much of your monthly revenue is coming from that pro shop private lessons kind of add-ons as you're pulling that up? Another question I would have, and I think comes up from a lot of people is, it's great you offer private lessons through the gym. How do you get those rec tumblers to take private lessons? Because a lot of gyms feel like it's their their all-star kids that value extra reps like that. And the recreational kids, because they're a little more like, you know, woohoo, this is fun, are less likely to sign up for those things. Yes. So we have, so we have, we do skill tracking every month for our tumble kids, like our, I mean, that's just separate to our recreational. And so if uh, we've kind of trained the coaches, you know, if a kid is maybe they have like everything else has three stars and their forward role just has two and they just need that one thing to move up. You know, I tell them all the time, like I kind of go from the parent standpoint, let me know. I would love to, to spend that money to help my daughter progress. You know what I mean? Like, so a lot of times it's about the coaches having the conversation with the parent and saying, Hey, Sally has three stars on everything else. She's so close to this forward role, you know, in, and helping her move up into the next um, class because we level them up and we give them medals when they kind of do their level up assessments. But then a lot of times it's just about having the conversation with the parent, you know, and in the class setting, sometimes it's hard to be able to have Sally focus on just her forward role. Maybe a 30 minute private would really help to, you know, be more consistent on that skill and, you know, kind of just really educate the parent on it. Because a lot of times they don't know what they don't know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you do a lot of education for the parents. So you also have incentive to make those achievements so they potentially want that one-on-one attention. Makes sense. I love it. So I had asked a question before that was like directly about numbers that you were pulling up. How much, how big of a revenue boost is that doing for you to do all the pro shop stuff? So our, so you want like year end? I mean, yeah, sure. You could just say year end what pro shop added to your bottom line. Because I think that's really the biggest thing for a lot of owners, especially who may not have an amazing daughter who can take all that stuff on for them. And they, they maybe don't feel like they have that person to delegate to. I know it, you know, an owner's time is limited. And so sometimes it's like, I just don't have any more room, any more capacity for something that is not going to be worth my time. So how yep. much has it improved your, your revenue? So our revenue for Pro Shop was about twenty five thousand um, in twenty twenty three. Okay, that was definitely a pretty nice boost. Yeah, November was our biggest. We did eleven, about eleven, a little bit over eleven thousand, and Holy that was mostly boy. from. Yeah, it was it was fantastic to be honest. There were some great products in there, stuff that I probably would have never even suggested to put in there. You know, she was really good at finding the right things, finding the great designs. She really has done a great job with it. That's awesome. And do you mind sharing what your margins are on, on pro shop? 
So it depends, really. If it's something that we do ourselves, it's a little bit higher. Um, we, we aim to be about 40%. You know, there's a, the, um, excuse me, the payroll for that is, it, you know, it helps her to increase the prices and stuff. And you include payroll into your cost of goods or when you say that 40, that 40% is just what's left over at the end completely. Correct. Yes. So yeah, we put all of that in there. We have a report that we kind of manually go in and do where it has like the cost of the item, how much it's going to cost to ship. You know, if we have to press it, how much to charge, like include in the profit for that as well. That's great. And do you have a lot of your, your recreational kids doing private lessons and purchasing things from the pro shop? Yeah, actually a lot of times they come in and they do look for a lot of pro shop items. So we tend to, when we do pre-order sales, I'll order maybe like three extras of each one, you know what I mean? And then kind of put that in the pro shop. So right now we have a bunch of Sharpas in there. They love the Sharpas, you know, the sports bras, just regular plain ones that are like inexpensive that they just love to, you know, purchase. So yeah, we have seen a, a nice increase in that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that everyone when they first join is like, okay, give me something to wear. Give me like, they're, they're likely to buy. And I was always a big, you know, I don't want to carry anything in stock. I don't want to have to clear stuff, but if you make it simple you make it something that you can keep for essentially years and you're just selling to new people, you're not thinking about those all-stars who've been with you for a long time who, yeah, they don't want to buy the tank top that just has your logo on it or the t-shirt or the sweatshirt that just has the logo. Now they might buy a Sherpa because those are always... They're always fantastic. But those kind of just basic things, those basic sports bras, unless they're like, oh crud, we forgot our practice clothes today. We don't have anything to practice in. Mom's like, well, I guess you're going to go buy a sports bra. But yeah, I, I found that to be very helpful for us. And, and you're capitalizing at the moment when those rec people are ready to spend their money. So awesome. I love that. Well, do you have any, any secrets, any nuggets, anything you're doing in your gym that you're really excited about that we maybe haven't talked about or words of wisdom for coaches or owners who are listening to the episode? Well, first and foremost, I know the biggest change for my business was being part of next gen to be honest. It helped me to kind of like get it together per se, because, you know, and kind of focus on what I need to focus on and have a plan and planning and kind of getting involved, um, you know, and not being afraid to be in every aspect of the business and allowing people to kind of take over certain things, you know, like we have a tumble director now and I've stepped out of the coaching role and I'm kind of letting all the coaches coach the teams and, and so forth. And they're actually doing a fantastic job. Finding the right people can be difficult, but when you find them, you know, you got to make sure that you keep them and then implementing and holding yourself accountable. You know, that's been the biggest thing through next gen having my um, coaching calls with Shelly have been great. It's almost like therapy a little bit, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's very, very, very helpful. They've helped me to do just these kinds of things with this business. Yeah. I, I mean, I love hearing that obviously, but it's one of those things that actually kind of came up this weekend where there were, and I'm not calling anyone out in particular, a couple gyms, uh, gym owners that were there that uh, were just there for conference. And some people who kind of had the uh, opinion of like, well, I already know this stuff that I'm learning in this class. And my always question is like, I mean, great, you know, but are you executing? Like, are you actually doing it? And 
we as coaches all day long can explain to someone like, Hey, you need a tumbling coach. Even if you know, right. How many of you love it when a, you, a kid does something wrong and they respond? I know when you tell them, Hey, you, you need to make sure your arms are up by your ears. You, they were dropping. I know. Okay. Well, if you know, then why didn't you do it? Well, that's sometimes how I feel with like coaching gym owners is, and, and look, I need a coach for my business too. And I'm a business coach because there's things that I know, like half the time I'm ta- we're talking to our business coach and they're like, you should be doing this. And we're like, I know I just haven't gotten to it. But that person to like be helping you plan and helping you execute just makes all the difference in terms of that exponential growth. So it's just, it's funny to me when people are like, well, I already know. Yeah, I, I know, you know, like I'm reading Danielle's book. Do I probably know everything in Danielle's book? Yes. Am I going to still get actionable items out of reading Danielle's book? A hundred percent. Cause I'm going to look at that and go highlight have not done this yet. <laughs> right. Like I know I'm right. supposed to do it, but I haven't done it yet. I love that. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Any other like big things that you, you feel the audience needs to hear. This is your moment. This is your time to talk to the cheer industry and the next gen community. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you. Yeah, no pressure, right? I am. Just, you know, when you are looking at your business, look at all things and sometimes sit there in your facility and just watch. Watch, you know, what's going on, where things could be improved, you know, and have those conversations, you know, and rely on your coaches too to have those conversations with you. You know, that's important too. They are the ones that are in there working hard. And a lot of times they're very, very knowledgeable and very helpful in those situations as well. So, you know, I'm a big believer of it's not just my way or the highway. You know, we're, we're a family, we work together, we're a team. Um, I say all the time, teamwork makes the dream work, you know, and it's so true. Like that has been, I think, the biggest thing for us, like just having a great staff and having them all kind of one common goal and um, working in that direction. I, I feel like there are probably some listeners who are like, great that you're telling me to have a great staff, but my staff isn't great right now. So that might be another whole conversation we have to have about <laughs> building a great staff because it's hard, right? That's, that's something hard. you have to it really is. work on. Most gyms I know have gone through periods of their staff not being aligned and not being on the same page. And if you've never gone through that and you're listening to this, you're lucky. Good job. Keep doing what you're doing because it's clearly working. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it has been absolutely a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, lots of great ideas, lots of things that people can implement. So if you're listening to the episode and you're walking away and you don't know what you should be doing to increase your average revenue per member per month, we talked about raising prices. We talked about bringing, bringing private lessons in-house and we talked about pro shop and selling more merch and things like that. So those are our three main focuses. And honestly, those are three of the big things to focus on. They are the most likely to increase your revenue immediately. Private lessons and raising pricing being the two most impactful right away with the least amount of effort because you're you're already charging people. So you're just changing a number and you're already probably running private lessons. You're just now running them through the gym. And if you need more reasons for running it through the gym, listen to the previous episodes on all the legal risks of a not doing it through the gym because they're pretty substantial. The last thing I would just say is if you need help with any of this stuff, if you're listening and you're like, great, really good for Devin because she had Shelly give her the entire plan for how to raise prices, but I don't know how to raise prices or I don't know how to do that market research. 
reach out. We've got coaches ready and waiting to help you uh, in the academy. Uh, That's my shameless plug moment. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And with that, we're going to catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody. Kristen here. We know that you love cheer. So why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parent's perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.